talk is about to begin. Hey, 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 come on in. Welcome back to your Tuesday Buckeye Talk from Cleveland.com. It's Doug Maurice, and I have one thing I want to share with you today. And this is a subject that when I was covering Ohio State by myself for the Cleveland Plain Dealer, which I started doing in 2005, and I continued doing it that way until 2013, and then we added more people to the beat, I would go right from football season to basketball season. And I very vividly remember in that time period thinking to myself, the Big Ten is a basketball conference. And I didn't know if I thought that was great. I didn't know if that's what I thought it should be. But it definitely is what I thought it was. Because the strength of the Big Ten back then, the football strength was so consolidated in Ohio State. And it felt like, you guys know this, this is not a new topic of discussion. That stretched there, basically most of the Trestle era, where it felt like, other than 06, it's like nobody can hang. Nobody can hang with Ohio State in this league, especially as Michigan football was going through its doldrums and then Penn State ran into all that craziness and all the transition from Joe Paterno. And, you know, you're looking at, hey, who's Ohio State's rival? in the Big Ten for football. And it's Wisconsin. It's like, oh, Wisconsin, Brett Bielema, he's a good villain. They Barry Alvarez, like Barry Alvarez beat Ohio State a couple times. Brett Bielema beat him once, right? Ohio State football was so dominant, but in basketball, it was spread out. So I thought the strength was similar, but it was consolidated in football and it was spread out in basketball. And that is not the case anymore. This is absolutely a football conference. And so what I'm going to talk about on this podcast today, I wrote a companion piece for this at cleveland.com slash OSU, is the failings of Big Ten basketball coupled with the clear rise of Big Ten football. And I don't think this is going away. So let's first look at this time period of like why I thought this. This is the kind of thing, man. Before I had a podcast, you know what I just did? I just thought this stuff in my own head, driving around. I had nobody else on the beat. I had no microphone. I don't podcasts exist. I had no microphone, and I just thought this stuff. Now I actually wrote. Back then, I wrote a lot, and I would write this stuff. So in that time period, it's amazing to me. As we know, the last Big Ten basketball title was Michigan State in 2000. The last one before that was Michigan in 1989. So since 1990, the only four titles in men's basketball or football for the Big Ten are Michigan football, the split title in 97, Michigan State in 2000, and Ohio State football in 2002 and 2014. It's not great. Four titles in football and men's basketball in 30 years, 30 plus years. But in this time period, the Big Ten was losing college basketball national championship games all over the place. And it was remarkable. Indiana lost one. Uh, Illinois lost one. Ohio State, Greg Oden, Mike Conley lost one. Michigan State then lost another one. Michigan lost one. Then Wisconsin lost one. Then Michigan lost another one. So the Big Ten was constantly in the mix. Whereas in football, it was just Ohio State. Ohio State won it in 02. They lost the national title game in 6 and 7. They win it in 14. They lose the national title game in 20. There's nobody else. Nobody else in Big Ten football. I mean, you're not even thinking about that. 
but you're constantly thinking it. So the conversation about around Big Ten basketball was constantly, oh, so close. When are you going to do it again? Like in 2000. And and the thing about it was I, there's greater strength when it's spread out. It's not like one rope. It's like a net with the fibers. Is they, is they what a net maker? We got you know, rope makers or net makers out there. The fibers overlap and there's strength in numbers. So you could think about that time period and you could think to yourself, okay, you need some luck to win a national title, but you also need opportunity. So who even could maybe do it? Who could maybe do it? And when you thought about Big Ten football back then, you thought of one team. But in basketball, you thought about five or six. So that is not the case anymore. And I think we're almost giving up on Big Ten basketball because if you if you could try to compare that, what supposedly was the best team in Big Ten basketball this year lost to a 16 seed. Imagine people go crazy when Ohio State loses to Michigan, who's good now, or when Ohio State loses a playoff game to Clemson or to Georgia, right? Imagine losing to a 16 seed. And I know they're the vagaries of the, the tournament, but the weakness, there is nobody. There is no top team in Big Ten basketball that is an equivalent of Ohio State football or Michigan football right now because Izzo is it. Michigan State basketball is it. And in the last, since 2000, the Big Ten in basketball has made 15 Final Fours. Six of them are Izzo. Okay. So, but this is not the best version of Izzo. Izzo is on the way down. Izzo's what, like 68? He's been doing this forever. He's awesome. 68, nailed it. Boom, shakalaka. Doesn't it, isn't it fun to guess how old people are? You guys do that. Did you, you guys do that? My spouse and I, my wife and I used to do that all the time back when newspapers existed. And you'd get the birthdays. Is that still a thing? Do people do that on the internet? You get the birthdays and then you say, hey, here's a list of pseudo famous people who have a birthday today. Now let's guess how old they are. Oh, I think that person's 40. I'm pretty good at guessing ages. So I did not look it up. I did not plan this. I did a lot of research for this podcast and for the story I wrote. I did not look up Tom Izzo's age. He's 68. He just seems 68. And so he should be on the way down. And Michigan State is. But Michigan State's the only Big Ten basketball team in the Sweet 16 as a seven seed, as an upset, scrappy, knows how to win in March, seven seed. Meanwhile, Purdue, Indiana, the teams with actual good players, Right, who were supposed to be on the way up. Nobody has filled the void. So think about if Ohio, like Ohio State football didn't leave a void. Michigan State basketball is on the edge of leaving a void. And who is going to fill it? Izzo has been this for 20 years plus. He has been the big dog in Big Ten basketball. And he allowed everybody else to rotate around the Izzo sun. But when you take that away, I have no idea who is going to fill that void. Maybe Jawan Howard at Michigan. I was way in on Jawan Howard at Michigan until they missed the tournament this year with some pretty good talent. Some pretty good talent. They've made Sweet 16 in his first two tournaments. Okay. that's It's probably him, but this was a blip. This is not great. This year was not great. This, I mean, it was bad. Hunter Dickinson, Howard's kids, a freshman point guard who might go to the NBA, like all that stuff, and you don't even make the tournament? Ridiculous. But who else is going to fill it? Nobody. Meanwhile, Ohio State football hasn't gone anywhere. 
and Michigan has risen up. And I think Penn State football has a chance to rise up closer, maybe not all the way, but closer. And I think Wisconsin football with Luke Fickle has a chance to rise up. And then you see some of the teams in the middle to believe it. Is Illinois coming with Brett Bielema? Is Nebraska going to get going to get it together with Matt Rule? Can Maryland maybe build something here with Mike Loxley and be the like a winning program year to year? Big Ten basketball, an absolute mess of mediocrity. And anybody, any coach in that league, including the one at Ohio State, who tried to act like, oh, well, I would beat each other. Me, the medium talent, right? Everyone heard that Saturday Night Live story? Bill Murray and Chevy Chase got in a fight. They were yelling at each other, and Bill Murray was yelling medium talent at Chevy Chase, which is like, I think for those guys, that's the worst thing you could yell. Maybe a t-shirt for Big Ten basketball. Medium talent. So... I, I, there was a time when I know I, I would be curious. Did you guys ever think that 10 years ago, eight years ago, really it's on that stretch between about 2010, 11 and maybe 2016 is the stretch that I really focused on where I would have said football conference, basketball conference. I would have said big tens of basketball conference. No way. And I have no idea where basketball is headed for the big 10. I think football is an excellent shape in the Big Ten. And there is something that I have been circling. I've talked about on the College Football Survivor Show, I think on at least two separate podcasts there now. I've got to bring it here to you guys, and we have to start talking this out. I was going to do it last week when we had spring break for Ohio State. We didn't have any interviews, but I didn't. And now we're getting busy again. So we're dropping this as the Tuesday podcast. We have Ryan Day to interview on Tuesday. That'll be the Wednesday pod. Wednesday is Pro Day. That'll be the Thursday pod. We have interviews with all the offensive linemen, all the defensive linemen, Justin Fry and Larry Johnson on Thursday. That'll be the Friday pod. And then on Saturday, we get to watch practice. That's French for practice. We get to watch that on Saturday. So we're going to drop a sixth pod this week on Saturday afternoon or evening to tell you everything that we saw at practice. So I don't know how to work this in, but we have to talk about the fact that I think it's possible that the two best teams in college football this year are going to be Ohio State and Michigan. What does that mean? Best is not the same as ranked one and two. But what does that mean for all of us as we prepare for a world where Ohio State and Michigan are going to start playing beyond the last game of the regular season? It has never happened yet. It could have happened last year, and it didn't. And I wasn't ready for it. I'm ready for it now. We have to be ready for it together, all of us. It's common. We have no choice. No divisions in 2024, so you could see an Ohio State-Michigan Big Ten championship game. And a 12-team playoff, they absolutely could play in the playoff. Like a second-round matchup, a semifinal matchup. I don't think Michigan's going anywhere. I think they might be the two best teams in college football this year. That's based a lot on Georgia losing Todd Monk and the offensive coordinator on Georgia having a quarterback battle that I'm not sure about, on Alabama having a quarterback battle that I'm not sure about on Alabama having new coordinators and on Ohio, on Michigan having so much back, excuse me, so much back. Like I'm getting choked up. Oh, I'm so excited. Michigan has so much back. I have a popcorn kernel stuck way down in the bottom of my throat. Mini bags of popcorn. I would never, I, I, I never liked the mini bags because I want to eat a whole bag of microwave popcorn, but the mini bags, it limits yourself. I suggest it for the older people. So I had a mini bag of popcorn a little bit ago. 
I think Michigan has as much important stuff back as anybody. And they replace some offensive linemen in the portal. And I think Ohio State, they'll get the quarterback battle figured out. I think they'll find a good one, one way or the other. And you expect a jump from the defense. And I think they could be the two best teams in college football. Imagine saying that about Big Ten and college basketball right now. We would how how could we even begin to fathom what that would look like? Oh, what does Big Ten have? The two best teams in college. What? Are you nuts? I think the Big Ten could have three of the six best teams. And I think by 2024, the Big Ten could have four of the best seven. If you think Drew Adler's gonna be good at Penn State, if you think Lincoln Riley's gonna keep doing his thing at USC, if you think Michigan's not going anywhere, neither is Ohio State. That's what I think we're talking about. So we have to talk about my belief that Ohio State and Michigan could be the two best teams in college football, but we have to parcel it out. We have to take it in. I'm not doing a survey yet for the Texers. I'm not doing a poll yet for the Texers. I'm not doing a call out for comments. We're not ranting. We're not taking questions on it yet, but we have to start thinking about it. And we can think about it on this podcast, on this episode, in the context of we are so far away from that when it comes to Big Ten basketball. It's a, it's a joke. When we come back, I want to talk about the two things, why I feel like the gap between Big Ten football and Big Ten basketball is growing. First coaches, second players. We'll do it next on Buckeye Talk. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. All right, so back in the day with Big Ten basketball, you think about the coaches that were around with Izzo 10 years ago, right? 12 years ago. Thad Mott at Ohio State, the best of Thad's, very good. Bo Ryan at Wisconsin, the best of Bo Ryan is legendary. It's awesome. John Beeline at Michigan, man, he had it going at Michigan for a while there. Now, it doesn't quite line up like with the peak of Thad or anything, right? John Beeline, 12 years at Michigan. They hadn't made a tournament for 10 years before he got there. John Beeline gets there, doesn't make it his first year, makes it nine of the next 11, five Sweet 16s, two national title games. That's getting it done at Michigan. Now, I think Juwan Howard can continue that, but that is a high bar set at Michigan. We had Bruce Weber at Illinois making a national title game, kind of on the fumes of Bill Self, but he kept it going for a little bit. Then they go to John Gross, failure. Now they're at Brad Underwood, fine, I guess. I don't know. Uh, there's just like, there was like a lot of good, and you had Matt Painter at Purdue. I've always been a Matt Painter fan, but it's wearing off, brother. I'll tell you that. So you had young, up and coming, vigorous, vivacious. Ooh, he could really do something, Matt Painter. Now he's Matt Painter, who's lost to a double digit seed in the Big Ten, in the national, in the NCAA tournament each of the last three years. Booted by a 16 this year. They made the Sweet 16 last year, then they lost to a 15 there. So, I mean, like, and then they lost like a 13 the year before. So, like, now defined by his failures. Before, Matt Painter a decade ago was optimism. Now he's defined by his shortcomings. So that's not great. And Indiana, we've gone through the failure of Archie Miller, right? The Tom, the, the Kelvin Sampson, Tom Crean, all that stuff that led to Archie Miller, who's supposed to be a savior. Failure. Absolute bomb at Indiana. Now Mike Woodson might be it, but they should have gotten, they should have done more this year. With Trace Jackson Davis, who's going to be a first round pick, and Jalen Hutchfino, who's going to be a first round pick. 
they win one NCAA tournament game, like not good. So I think Mike Woodson might be okay. Micah Shrewsbury, I think, other than Izzo, but if you said Izzo 68, if you said, give me a coach right now, right now, who's currently in the Big Ten, give me the next 10 years of him. I'd take Micah Shrewsbury first, and he's going to leave. David Jones from PennLive.com, one of my mentors in the biz. We've had him on this podcast. I've been on his podcast. Great Penn State coverage at PennLive.com. He tweeted on Monday that Micah Shrewsbury is talking to Notre Dame. And he said Penn State made its pitch. We talked about that in the Monday podcast. Man, is this not a time for Penn State to go all in on basketball and say, keep this guy? He's talking to Notre Dame. He probably is going to leave. But that's the kind of guy, if he's going to leave, he should go to the Big Ten job. But it sounds like he's going to go to Notre Dame. So they're not, not going to get that guy. So then what are you? Bo Ryan to Greg Gard? Are you kidding me? Thad Mata to Chris Holtman? Are you kidding me? Time when Tubby Smith was pretty decent at Minnesota. To Richard Patino, who was eh, not, never better than average. And now Ben Johnson there at Minnesota, trying to rebuild that from the ground up. You know, Mark Turgeon had a good run at Maryland when they came into the Big Ten. Flamed out there. Maybe Kevin Willard will be the guy there. I don't know. But um, this is like not – There's I don't see like a lot of upside. There's a lot of established – mediocre coaches in the Big Ten basketball world right now. Fran McCaffrey, he's fine. Brad Underwood at Illinois, he's fine. Matt Painter, I don't know if he's going to be more than fine. Mike Woodson, I don't know. Like, who's going to be great? Who's going to be great? Who's going to fill the gap that Tom Izzo is going to leave at this, not gap, giant hole? Who's going to fill that gap? I don't know, man. So that's where Big Ten basketball is from a coaching standpoint right now. They need a reset. And the guy who should be part of that, Michael Shrewsbury, is going to leave. So it's not good. Meanwhile, football, Ryan Day, three playoffs in four years. Jim Harbaugh has absolutely turned it around in Michigan. Unbelievable job. Great assistant coaches. Awesome. Mel Tucker came in year two as top 10 team, made a New Year's Six Bowl at Michigan State. Rough year last year, but came in, boom, established it. Mike Loxley at Maryland. Seven wins two years ago, eight wins last year. Reinvigorated. Just hired Kevin Sumlin as an assistant coach at Maryland. Like, is is trying to do something there in a tough situation. P.J. Fleck, very similar, same thing at Minnesota. Maxing out. I think P.J. Fleck at Minnesota and Mike Loxley at Maryland are kind of maxing out what, the, what both of those programs can be right now. Then you think about Brett Bielema and Matt Rule at Illinois and Nebraska, what they've been, who they were, the resumes they brought to those jobs. Are they, we do that at the Big Ten? We have somebody like Brett Bielema, who had been at Wisconsin, been at Arkansas, won at Wisconsin, lost at Arkansas. Matt Rule, won at Baylor, lost in the NFL, now at Nebraska. The Big Ten basketball world is a lot of Kirk Ferentz's. So you got that in football at Iowa. But you have a lot of other people in football with some juice. Luke Fickle, the Luke Fickle hire, if that was in basketball, he'd be the best coach in the Big Ten in basketball. He's going to bring some, I'm really curious. And in, I, mean, in, I think it could be really good what Luke could do at Wisconsin. So the coaching comparison, and it used to be the opposite. You would run through Big Ten basketball and say, man, how come football can't be like that? And we have talked a lot about the Big Ten Network money that has had allowed these football programs to make some good hires. I'm curious to see what Ryan Walters, I think Ryan Walters, who was a defensive coordinator at Illinois, hired to replace Jeff Brom. Jeff Brom did a good job. 
I think it was a good hire. We'll see how that works out. It's a young coach. I think it's a good, it's the worthy risk by Purdue. Indiana football's got to get it figured out. They got to get somebody new in there. Pat Fitzgerald, rough year last year for Northwestern football. Chris Collins, great job at Northwestern basketball. But I still think in the end, Pat Fitzgerald's a good coach. I think Chris Collins is a good coach. But Chris Collins shouldn't be like the third best basketball coach in the Big Ten. So I think there's a coaching discrepancy that the Big Ten basketball world needs to get fixed and that Big Ten football can thrive on. James Franklin, right, at Penn State, you can take shots at James Franklin. You can wonder if he was going to leave. Penn State has finished in the top 10 of the AP poll for the last seven years. And I think they're going to get better. I think they are they are a, a team that has been a consistent top 10 team that I think is on the upswing. If James Franklin was a basketball coach, it'd be like, oh, he's taking over. He's going to fill the Izzo gap. Who's going to be the next great? Who's going to be like the dominant force? Oh, James Franklin. That's not what he's going to be in football, but he's going to be good and solid. So I think it's it's flipped completely from where it was 12, 10, 12 years ago. So I think that's a huge thing. And now we're going to come back and talk about the talent issue for Big Ten football and basketball next on Buckeye Talk. All right, Doug LaMaurice back. This is like, I'm doing a podcast like people say, oh, a 26-minute podcast. That's perfect. That's what we're going to do for this one. We're going to keep it tight because we're giving you six this week. So you guys know that I said we had some weeks where I only gave you three. And I So I only gave you three like a month ago. So I said I owe you two. And then we had a week where we gave you six, but then we had a week where we gave you four. So I still owe you two more. So we're going to give you six this week, and then I'll still owe you one more. But I think I know what we're going to do. So we'll buy the spring game. We'll get it back. We'll be back. We'll be back to even five a week. It's my own personal count. The other thing is, I don't know that we've had a bunch lately. If you want to drop a review for Buckeye Talk on Apple Podcast, they always help us. And I'm not going to ask for a five-star review. I hope we earn a five-star review, but I also, if you don't think we're a five-star podcast and you want to give a review, I'm not going to tell you not to give a review. I just would like to see the reviews freshen up a little bit. So if you listen to us a lot and you have a moment to chime in, good, bad, indifferent, medium talent, now that I put it out in the world, medium talent, Buckeye Talk, I, how could we not have a medium talent review? So we'd appreciate it. I know it takes some time out of your day. But uh, we already suck up enough of your time. But anyway, if you want to drop a review up a podcast, I don't know that we've had many in the last couple of weeks or months or so. All right, let's talk about talent. So listen, b- basketball world, there's international guys, there's G League guys. It's not the same deal. And I understand that. So it's not exactly apples to oranges. But let's make a comparison over time to make a point, okay? So the talent part of this If you look at from the three drafts in 2013, 14, and 15. So this is Ohio State football in 2016. The 2016 draft coming off that 2015 season. Ohio State football dominates the NFL draft in 2016. Joey Bosa, Ezekiel Elliott, Von Bell, Darren Lee, Michael Thomas, Cardale Jones, all those guys, okay? So the three years before that, there were eight first-round picks in Big Ten football there were 12 first round picks in big 10 basketball that three year period. So that's this part of this period that I'm talking about. I'm cherry picking the stats a little bit, but it's not wrong. So now let's look at the last five years, last five drafts in both sports. 
First round basketball players from the Big Ten, 12. First round football players from the Big Ten, 30. So we went from 12 to 8 to 12 to 30 in a group of comparisons, okay? So that's what we're talking about. That's the change. So the talent is not there. And part of this is a lot of times when we talk about the football talent in the Big Ten, we parse out Ohio State. We say, well, Ohio State this, what's everybody else doing? But that's part of the point here, that Ohio State isn't a, a tent pole for Big Ten football right now in a way that basketball doesn't have. So yes, Ohio State has that, but also Michigan's sending guys to the league right now. Iowa will send some guys to the league right now, right? Wisconsin will drop a guy in. Penn State will, will drop a guy in. Micah Parsons, right? That kind of thing. In a way that basketball is not doing right now. So there is a talent shortfall in Big Ten basketball compared to football. Now, why is that? I, I, I don't know. I think Big Ten basketball should be able to go get some of these guys. It's not, I don't, I didn't do all the geographic demographic information. We know football, the talent's based in the South and Southwest. I don't think basketball's, basketball is a roof. A roof is an equalizer, right? Spring football, you play outdoors. Oh, you don't play spring football up north. And in Ohio, you got to do that. And in the South, they do it. Like there's things, there's not even things that exist that way that creates an unequal demographic geographic imbalance in basketball like there is in football. Okay. So I don't know that there's an excuse for a lack of big 10 NBA talent. I I don't know. It's, it's not, hasn't necessarily been overwhelming, but it's not great right now. Now they did have four guys drafted in the first round last year in big 10 basketball. The year before they only had one, the year before that, they only had one. So part of the issue is they need better talent. The other part of the issue is they are not using the talent, which frankly goes back to coaching. But last year, the four first-round picks, Keegan Murray from Iowa, Jaden Ivey from Purdue, Johnny Davis from Wisconsin, Malachi Branham from Ohio State. Keegan Murray and Iowa, they lost their first game last year. Jaden Ivey and Purdue, they won their first two, then they lost to a 15 seed. Johnny Banks in Wisconsin, they won one game. Malachi Branham in Ohio State, they won one game. So that's four first-round draft picks. They want to combine four NCAA tournament games. This year, at the moment, the one I think I was looking at, five Big Ten guys projected as first-round picks if they all go pro. Jalen hood Shafino and Trace Jackson-Davis from Indiana. Chris Murray, Keegan's brother, from Iowa. Bryce Sensabaugh from Ohio State. And Jet Howard from Michigan. So Bryce Sensabaugh and Jet Howard didn't even make the tournament. So all this talent, they didn't even make it. Indiana with two first round guys potentially won one game, and Iowa with Chris Murray lost in the first round. So that's what you got out of that talent. So this is not Greg Oden and Mike Conley getting Ohio State to the national championship game. This is not Frank Kaminsky getting Wisconsin to the national championship game. This is not Trey Burke getting Michigan to the national championship game. This is not Darren Williams getting Illinois to the national championship game. They're falling short, man. This is not Jared Sullinger getting Ohio State to the Final Four. Even the talent they have, they aren't maximizing. So listen, I get it. I get that it's tough. I get that basketball is nuttier than football because guys can leave after one year and the roster turnover is greater. And probably NIL is even more of a factor. But I don't care because everybody's dealing with the same world. And right now, Big Ten basketball isn't good enough. The talent's not good enough, 
and the coaching is not good enough. And this is in a world where the number one basketball team in the country is Alabama. And that used to be what Ohio State did. Hey, football power. How's it going over there on the basketball court? Alabama was nothing, nothing in basketball, nothing. They hired a guy, Nate Oates, from Buffalo. Nate Oates should be a Big Ten coach. Shouldn't be down to Alabama. Big Ten should have hired Nate Oates. And Alabama's going to be the number one team in the country? So this in a world where there is opportunity everywhere. Duke, down. North Carolina, down. Kentucky, down. Ohio, Ohio State. The Big Ten, not taking advantage. Not taking advantage. Teams are rising up all over the place. Houston, rising up with Kelvin Sampson, right? Texas, Texas, that's a football school. Texas, a two seed. I picked Texas to win the tournament this year. What, why is the Big Ten not filling this gap? And you look at what UCLA and USC are going to do. They're going to come in 2024. USC is going to come and add to the strength of Big Ten football. USC is going to come and be, and Gene Smith talked about that. Hey, Ohio State wants another team with broad shoulders to help carry the load. Michigan's already been doing that the last two years. So you add USC to what Ohio State has been for two decades, to what Michigan has been for the last two years. You add USC, who should be a regular year-in, year-out playoff contender. And if Penn State rises to that, and if Luke Fickle gets it going at Wisconsin. So that, to me, is at least three and a half. Ohio State, Michigan, USC, and then Penn State and Wisconsin, really interesting with a lot of possibilities. And then you throw in Maryland, Minnesota, Michigan State, Illinois, Nebraska, who knows? Who could get something rolling, okay? Meanwhile, basketball, UCLA is going to come here and absolutely, from the jump, be the best basketball program in the Big Ten. That's who is going to fill the gap where Tom Izzo finally hangs it up at Michigan State. UCLA, who right now is currently in its third straight Sweet 16, led by a guy who used to be the coach at Cincinnati with an AD who was the assistant AD at Ohio State. So these are Ohio people who are getting UCLA to achieve at the highest level of basketball. And listen, great tradition. What better tradition is there than UCLA? The Big Ten has some really good basketball tradition too that schools are not living up to. So once upon a time, Doug, microphoneless, friendless, colleagueless Doug, who is making his way through Columbus as the one-man band for the Cleveland Plain Dealer, would drive to football practice and think to himself, you know what? I think the Big Ten is a basketball conference. And now Doug, who lives with a microphone in his face and has plenty of people to talk to about Ohio State sports, but I like you guys the best. I don't think it anymore. And I don't know when I'm going to think it again. And I think it's good. I think this should be a football conference. I think that's what it's made to be. But when I think when all of us see Alabama be number one in basketball, it makes you think, okay, football conference, what's up? You don't have to be number one, but why aren't you more competitive? And by the way, you know what this conference also is right now? It's a women's basketball conference. The Big Ten sent the previous two years, they sent four women's teams to the Sweet 16. They should have sent four again this year, but Indiana as a one seed lost on Monday night 
was upset by Miami. How crazy is that, by the way, that Miami and Indiana played in the men's tournament and the women's tournament on back-to-back nights, less than 24 hours apart, Miami knocked Indiana out both times. So that's a nine-seed Miami beating Indiana. Ohio State as a three-seed, Iowa as a two-seed, Maryland as a two-seed, all advancing to the Sweet 16. So the last three years combined, Big Ten women's basketball teams, 11 teams in the Sweet 16. Big Ten men's basketball teams, four. Since the tournament was canceled by the pandemic, it's 11 to four. So this is a football league. This is a women's basketball league. And it most certainly is not a men's basketball league. We're going to come back. We're going to have a lot of football talk coming up the next four days. Reacting to Ryan Day. Reacting to Pro Day. Reacting to offensive line and defensive line interviews, and then reacting to getting to watch a whole practice. I know most of you are here for mostly football, so you're going to get a lot of football over the next couple of days. Make sure you're reading cleveland.com slash OSU. Go ahead and give the College Football Survivor Show a listen. I thought Shahan and I did a really fun show. I think one of our better shows talking about when we get to the 12-team playoff, opening up the possibility of college football Cinderella's and how much good that will do for college football to have a, a fairly Dickinson opportunity with teams like Memphis and Tulane and schools like that. And I think you will be surprised at what those teams have done with the opportunities they've had just to get a New Year's Six Bowl so far. That 5-12 game in the playoff, go give that show a listen. It's a good hour explaining the opportunity that college football has to take advantage of that 5-12 game game when we get to the 12-team playoff next season in 2024. I think it'll be really good for the sport, and it will be better than I anticipated, better than I realized, and I think better maybe than you realize right now. So go give that a listen. But most of all, thanks so much for being a part of Buckeye Talk and letting us come into your ears however many times a week you let us do it. For now, I'm Doug Maurice, and that was Buckeye Talk. 